Welcome to the Black Monday recap episode on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. The darkest of days has just been put behind us. We have lost some of our greatest soldiers. Saquon Barkley, out for the year. Torn ACL. Cortland Sutton, out for the year. Torn ACL. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain, out for six weeks. Drew Locke, strained rotator cuff, out at least two weeks. Paris Campbell, PCL injury, out indefinitely. Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, both missing next week. Tevin Coleman missing maybe even more than that with a bad knee. Sterling Shepard with the turfiest toe that you can have. These are just some (laughs) of the injuries that we experienced on what we will dub Black Sunday. Michael? Absurd, Tim. Absolutely absurd. I mean, all due respect to the guys. Like, I, I don't want to make a joke out of these. These are real guys. These are they're getting injured. But fuck, man, this sucks. Yeah, uh, this waiver wire is going to be absolutely nuts. If you're not a patron yet, I recommend you do it because tomorrow's waiver podcast is going to be chock full of waiver wire pickups. <laughs> Important waiver wire pickups. I don't want to brush. I, I missed last week's preview episode. And one of the things that I was, because I, I listened to it afterwards, and I, I wanted to yell at, at you and Jason. And thank God you, you brought it out, Michael. You're the one that, like, I think Jason is a little, is a little scarred by this person. That's why he didn't, he didn't want to mention him. But Keelan Cole, just saying, you, you saved that. I wanted to yell at you guys. Start Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole's a good play. Anyway. Yeah, you uh. And last week's waiver pod, you were saying how Keelan Cole is the guy to get at a much cheaper price than the rest of the the players that were going for like fifty to eighty percent fab, like Naheem Hines, Benny Snell, and such. I do this waiver wire thing, man. You want to hear something hilarious <laughs> talking about Benny Snell? Absolutely hilarious. Juju Smith Schuster is in a like celebrity fantasy footballers league, and he picked up Benny Snell last week. Yeah, the fantasy footballers dropped that exclusive knowledge on the podcast last week. Shout out to the fantasy footballers, man. I, I love those guys. Mad funny, but it's like you would think Benny Snell would have played more. I mean, we were saying the entire time, if Connor's healthy, what kind of idiots are you expecting Benny Snell to like play outplay him? Let's get real. I and outstrap him. Uh, that's one thing. I didn't, guys think it be, I didn't think it would be a James Connor seventy-seven percent snap share, which it was. I thought Snell would mix in a little bit. Just because of the injury, but Connor looked fine and he got all of the work, just as he always does when he's healthy. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I was I was very happy to hear you guys say that because I have James Connor across multiple leagues and I started James Connor in some cases. Like I started him over people that um, were good plays. Like I started him over Melvin Gordon in a league. And that oh wow, Melvin Gordon did good, but like I was I was completely I was on the James Connor train uh, last week. But anyway. Big injuries. Let's get to those injuries, and let's stop uh, talking about what we what we did right 
last week. Let's get to the injuries. So the first injury is Saquon Barkley out for the season. Obviously, this sucks for Saquon. For you, Michael, how are you approaching this? How much, like, it, it was Deion Lewis's backfield when Saquon Barkley went out. So, like, but De- Deion Lewis has a limited skill set. On the other hand, Devontae Freeman just went to work out with them today. So, I mean, I'm sorry, is going to work out with them on Tuesday. So let's see how that comes out. Probably worth a waiver wire pickup. Um, I have a hard time thinking they're not going to do something and just give the whole workload to Deion Lewis. What do you think? Yeah, but I mean, we're also talking about a backfield that has Deion Lewis and what, who Wayne Gallman. I mean, who Wayne every Gallman time has proven to be at least Come serviceable on. in the absence of Barkley when he's healthy, bro. Like the guy got you know hurt who's last more year. Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is not a piece of trash in the backfield. Sure, man. and and he's a very good pass catching back. That's like true. he's caught passes in the past. That was his role in Tennessee as well. He caught four targets yesterday, thirty six yards. He got ten rush attempts. I think it's going to be Deion Lewis's backfield. Even if I they bring why- uh, Devonta Freeman, Michael. Even, if they, even if they bring in a Devonta Freeman. I mean, if they bring in Devontae Freeman, I think it's, it'll be like split between Freeman and Lewis. Then, obviously, Lewis becomes a lot less appealing. But I'm not 100% certain just because they're meeting with Devontae Freeman. Freeman has met with a bunch of teams, and none of them have signed him. Clearly, this, this dude is not giving off a very good impression at his workout. So I would not be shocked if they just let Lewis and Gallman run that backfield. And Lewis becomes the guy who gets the majority of the touches. I mean, there he's not going to be anywhere near Barkley. I mean, if you're a Barkley owner, this is a huge, huge loss for you, and you're not going to get anywhere near that type of production. But he should at least be serviceable, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that much I could agree. But 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 you know, none of them is exciting enough to where if you're a Saquon Barkley, um, if you roster Saquon Barkley, like no, none of them are exciting enough to drop like. 70 fab or something like that on as you would one of the big backups no i don't know we'll uh we'll find out tomorrow on the waiver wire podcast oh michael keeping it a secret i love it um Cortland sutton out for the year with a torn acl again um i mean the first thing that i could think of is first of all again like i don't, I don't want to you know sometimes with these fantasy shows you're talking about a guy who's whose livelihood is done maybe forever if he doesn't come back strong. And he's a young kid, and he had expectations, and now he's out, and now he's got to go through rehab for a year. You know, talk about it like it's a game, but, you know, we got we got to do what we got to do. So, Corlin Sutton, unfortunately, out. I love Noah Fant because not only that, you know my theory, Michael. My theory, and that theory bore true yesterday as well when Jeff Driscoll came in. The backup running backs love the tight ends. I mean, I'm sorry, the backup, backup quarterbacks. QBs. The backup QBs love the tight ends. And that's because it's the easiest throw. It's a quick. It's the quickest throw. And when you have a guy who can get yards after the catch like Noah Fant and can get open like Noah Fant, I feel like Noah Fant's gonna eat. And I, I think I, I'm. I have Noah Fant shares everywhere, and I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I mean Noah Fant was one of our favorite picks at ADP this offseason because all the, everything about the Broncos was: Are you gonna trust Noah Fant because of the volume there? When there really wasn't much of a volume concern when you actually looked at the team battling with Sutton and then rookies and running backs. And I mean, Noah Fant has just come out super strong the first couple of weeks. Jerry Judy obviously gets a huge bump up 
he's going to be the main guy there. Another guy who's only 1% owned, who played his first game last week, who you're going to be able to get for very cheap with all the ads expected to go through tomorrow and Wednesday or whenever waivers go through in your league. KJ Hamler, uh, slot receiver, also a rookie uh, drafted for his speed and slot ability, came out of the slot this week. Saw seven targets, only went three for 48 on those targets. He mixed in a rush attempt as well. So KJ Hamler is someone to keep in mind who a lot of people thought could make an impact. Was big in dynasty league circles. We actually own, uh, well, you and Jason own KJ Hamler in your FFPC pros versus Joe's dynasty league. And he might be able to produce a little sooner than expected. Um, Paris Campbell, he sprains his PCL. It's good that he did, like, I don't want to say it's good. But he looked like he was going to like have a torn ACL and be out into next year maybe because you know these ACLs goes, ACLs go. And he's also known to be injury prone even back in college. He's out indefinitely. Um, this is a guy that everyone is really high on, that everyone uh, saw the potential in a Phillip Rivers-led offense for a slot receiver to thrive. And he went out, and not only did he go out, if you started him, he – he really messed up your week too. It's not like Christian McCaffrey who went out and already had 22 points. Like he had 0.7. I started him in one league. So, um, you know, you're disappointed to see that. What it, what's the, what's the plan here? If you had to put your money on the replacement. Yeah, this is, this is a tough one in Indy because you would assume Paris Campbell goes down early after Naheem Hines usage in week one, he'd be used a lot. And then he saw one, target like one reception the entire game or a target i'm not even sure if it was a target or reception but he was just completely phased out of the game plan and that was a complete shock i don't think he's going to be completely phased out i would expect his role to improve a little bit i also think michael Pittman becomes a lot more appealing because he's going to be forced into playing almost an every down snap role in my opinion because i mean zach pascal is zach pascal ty hilton is ty hilton ty hilton's going to be on the field but even he isn't performing well to start the season with Phillip Rivers. So Michael Pittman is someone as well who is on a lot of waiver wires that might become interesting. Because, I mean, the, he was one of my favorite receivers coming out. I was hoping he would fall to the Jets. Uh, he did not, and he drafted him. So he gets a sweet matchup this week right away against Minnesota, and they're terrible. Oh, no, sorry. He gets uh, the Jets. He just played Minnesota. He gets the Jets, who are really up there with Minnesota in being absolutely atrocious against the pass. It's funny. Like everyone made a big deal about Pierre Desir being, being brought in and this guy's on the bench already week two. Um, speaking of the jets, Perriman sprained ankle week to week. Uh, this guy's, you know, you forget he's injury prone. Just don't start your jets period. Any jets. <laughs> Yo, uh, you know, man, when you're starting Frank Gore, Braxton Berrios and Chris Hogan. And even you could put Chris Herndon with the way he's played the last two weeks as your weapons for your young quarterback. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing? I know there's injuries. Yeah, man. What are you doing? Um, I did move Braxton Berrios up to like my wide receiver 50 in my rankings Sunday morning, and he ended up doing pretty well. But <laughs> He kind of killed it. Uh, he did, yeah. In the overall, he's like, I think he ended as like a wide receiver one, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he had a touchdown, 50 yards. Yeah, maybe a wide receiver two. Um, I didn't count them out. Sterling Shepard, turf toe. Did we mention that already? 
No, we didn't. Uh, you mentioned it in passing, I believe. Okay. The turfiest of toes. Oh, the turfiest of toes. Let's talk about it. Uh, I mean, I think Darius Slayton gets the biggest bump up because Darius Slayton, when the other two guys are on the field, tends to do well. Yeah, uh, him and Evan Ingram, I'd say, will get the biggest bump ups. They're basically the only healthy players left in that offense. So, I mean, even Golden Tate came back last week, but he was coming off an injury too. So, Slayton definitely gets a bump up, and he's looking like he's going to end up being a very solid pick at ADP, especially with Shepard already out. I mean, these are the headlines, but um, it wouldn't be the same if we didn't uh, give you our, our, our boy. What's his name again, Michael? I, huh? I forgot his name. The headline guy. Oh, uh, Donnie H. Donnie H. Yeah, if we had to give our boy Donnie H. So um, we only have a couple more, but I guess that wasn't officially news. That was that was injury. So time for news. I'd say so. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie H. Donnie H, baby. Donnie H. All right, so Donnie H, uh, we already talked about Freeman visiting the Giants. Um, anything else you want to say about that? No, I mean, I'm not excited. I mean, even when they were like, oh, Freeman's visiting the Eagles. I was like, if you think this is affecting Miles Sanders, you're bugging out. This I, dude is I, not a good running back anymore. It's pure depth, man, because they don't trust Boston Scott as a backup. I hear you. I'm not arguing with you on that. What that running game was a joke week one, and then it funneled through Miles Sanders week two. Not shocking at all. Michael, you're right. I think that, but the topic of the story is that's one case. What, <laughs> if, what if Miles Sanders wasn't there, and it was just Boston Scott, and they brought in Freeman? Would you be interested in him then? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Look, Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you, you got to take but, a shot at him. Like, I'm not going to drop crazy fab on him, but you got to take a shot. He's also just not that great of a running back anymore. So, like, he's going to be touchdown dependent even if he does get a role somewhere. So, I mean, I'm just not super interested in the guy. I, I don't I care. I agree with you. He's not a priority ad. I, I hear you. It's, it, it, he's not a priority mat, uh, ad to me, but he's an ad. Um, let's see. Taylor, Herbert, the, show, the quarterback showdown of the year. It's interesting because – no one knew, not even the announcers at the game, like I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast today. Shout out to those guys, too. That's an amazing podcast. Uh, it has nothing to do with fantasy, so it's, it wouldn't be stealing our air. So go watch those guys. Go listen to those guys. Those guys are phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, they played uh, the radio announcer, and, and the announcer was like, oh, in a surprise formation, Justin Herbert comes out to run a trick play uh, on the first uh, – on the first play of the game. So they thought it was a trick play. And they come back, and they're like, oh, Justin Herbert's staying in this game. I guess he's starting. This was a really well-kept secret. And this is the announcers there. They're like, we talked to this person before the game. We talked to this person. No one knew. Apparently, Tyrod Taylor had an injury, and a chest injury, and then he got a shot before the game to fix it, and the shot went awry, and he had to go to the hospital, which, what the fuck, right? Like, that yeah, is geez. That, that's some insane shit. But anyway, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's crazy. But anyway, um, there's no guarantee he's healthy. On on one hand, you got Anthony Lynn, the most conservative human being in the history of the planet. Like, I bet you this guy has money saved from like 1973. Like, I really, and it's not invested. Nothing. It's just it's just in there. It's just in his bank somewhere. 
Just that you got to start saving for retirement early, bro. Yeah, but you, <laughs> then I'm not on the Anthony Lynn plan um, for anything because the conservative nature of that guy cost him a game yesterday. But anyway, he goes and he says Tyra Taylor's a starter if he's healthy. There's no guarantee he's healthy, but I think you're blind to see that Justin Herbert didn't not only impress. Me and Jason were watching that game together yesterday, and I was I was on the edge of my seat watching this guy. He was going deep with the ball like he had no fear in him whatsoever. He ran it in like, again, he had a stupid turnover. But, dude, you got to stick with this guy. He's your number one pick. And you got Tyrod Taylor. I don't know. But they, the offense looks so much different. I like everyone on this offense better with Justin Herbert at quarterback. Yeah. As an Eckler owner in many leagues, I think it would be very upsetting for Tyrod Taylor to be the quarterback again. And it just doesn't make any sense at all with the way Herbert played. That offense just looked so literally head over heels better than it did week one. But. I mean, I guess we'll find out week three. And Chris Godwin's coming back. He cleared the concussion protocol. Let's do a dance for some good news, baby. Yeah, shout out Chris Godwin returning. Uh, Scotty Miller did not do very well. No, Scott Miller. Trying to replace him. It's Scott Miller, right? Scott. It's Scott. Scotty. It's Scott. It's not Scotty Miller no more, okay? Scotty H. Scotty didn't know how to catch the ball. Boom, boom. I got beef with Scotty Miller just because we had beef with some fantasy analysts on Twitter who, like, did a crazy victory lap because Scotty Miller scored, like, less than a point more than Cooper Cup last year. So now I hate Scotty Miller because of that. Is that weird? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let's get to our first segment, the We Saw That Coming segment, the segment where we go over what we expected to see that happened. I saw that coming from a mile away. Okay, a little technical difficulties made that skip, but we're going to go through with it anyway. Um, we saw that coming. Michael, who's your first saw that coming? My first saw that coming is Philadelphia Eagles running back, Mr. Miles Sanders himself. We told people, get Miles Sanders into your lineup. Don't be scared off. The dude practiced in full. You spent a first or second round pick on the guy. What are you doing thinking about sitting him for someone who's obviously way worse? Like, and the way... I said last week on our preview pods, the way Scott and Clement played in Sanders, replacing Sanders when Sanders sat against Washington was absolutely despicable. They were atrocious. So I knew Sanders was going to come in and be a workhorse, and absolutely he was. 20 rush attempts, 95 yards, a rushing touchdown, three receptions on 30 and 36 yards on seven targets. He lost a fumble on the first drive of the game, I believe it was, and he still got that much work. Played over, Played 77% of the snaps. This is why you drafted Miles Sanders where you did in your fantasy drafts this season. And he is back, and he is ready to go. Great first game for him. Like, you got to be really happy about what you saw. Um, And, you know, he missed time. This is going to sound weird, but I think him missing time was better for his fantasy outlook because not only is he healthy and so he doesn't risk further injury, but the team also saw what their offense was without him. So... They're like, all right, we got this guy back. Let's give him the ball 25 times. <laughs> you know, like, because it's so much better than whatever else we have. Um, my saw that coming is a guy that's clearly better um, than everything else they have, maybe except Juju. And now that, that's Deontay Johnson. And not only is his talent seeable on the field, eight catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown last week, but Big Ben loves it. He follows up a 10-target game with a 13-target game. And I know that I didn't 
I wasn't on the preview pod, but one of the guys that I was really advocating for, one of the guys that I ranked really high this week was Deontay Johnson because I believed that he is in that Antonio Brown role right now. And if Big Ben feeds that role like they fed the Antonio Brown role, the limit is Antonio Brown minus the ridiculous talent. So it's like, if this dude is super talented, who knows where the limit is? And I might be getting ahead of myself, Antonio Brown, sure. But that's the situation we're looking at. And you could have got him in the ninth round. And now you have, and now I think he's a definite starter next week. I'm going to, I see him as a wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, if he keeps this up for the rest of the year and has the ability to go even further. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you are getting a little ahead of yourself with I, Antonio Brown. I am, I, am but, I admit it, I admit it. But, like, that's the that's the cap. You know, that's not, maybe it's not realistic, but that's what we're looking at in terms of what could happen in a mystical world where everything goes right. Yeah, I mean, you have to love that he's been the target hog, though. Love like, it. 23 targets through the first two games is ridiculous, and I don't see why that would change anytime soon. So, yeah, you definitely... Deontay Johnson definitely looked like he was a solid pick at ADP, and he should continue to to put up points, especially this week going into Houston. It's not like Houston has a super strong secondary. Michael, who's your next saw that coming? My next we saw that coming is someone we've seen coming for months and months, Mr. Tyler Higby. Dude, after week one, Tyler Higby haters decided to have a parade on Twitter for whatever reason, despite the fact that he played 90% of the snaps. And the Rams played forty, ran forty times. I said on the preview pod, and I put in the twenty stats to know for Week Two that the Eagles have a stout run defense, and the Rams will not be running forty times. Fire up Jared Goff, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, because that passing offense is going to have a big day. That's exactly what happened. Tyler Higby went in five receptions, fifty-four yards, caught every target, three touchdowns. It was Tyler Higby day yesterday, and is going to continue to be. Tyler Higby day because it's going to be Tyler Higby season. Uh, season spelled like S Z N though, right? S Z N, of course. S-Z-N. The only way to spell season. <laughs> um, I mentioned Keelan Cole led the team in in targets for the second straight week. Um, that is something that you need to look at. Uh, they're going to put the ball in Gardner Minshew's hands, and he got a red zone look. Um, guard making the best part about that touchdown was Gardner Minshew was making something happen improv. And Keelan Cole got that target. And as much as I like to see plays designed for Keelan Cole, I saw that enough. And I also saw enough, like, when Minshew was in trouble, he goes Cole's way. Because that's what he's been doing. He's been the number one guy. So, a little, you know, if you look at that offense, if you look at offenses in the past, the kind of guy that Jay Gruden has always had, you know, the Pierre Garçon type, the Deshaun Jackson type, the, the guy that he's always had as his number one receiver has been like a, a faster, quicker, shaky kind of dude. And when this guy's getting, like, fits that description, and when he's getting six targets a game in a low-volume pass offense, um, he's a guy that you should put on your bench for sure. Um, yeah, Keelan Cole's looking good, man. You were, That was a good call by you on that one. But I really want to talk about Ryan Tannehill because – I'm going to take this time to plug True Throw Values. If you don't already know, go to brotofantasy.com and check out True Throw Values. Uh, True Throw Values are the stat where we give an actual value to quarterback's throw. So every time a quarterback 
the the ball leaves the quarterback's hands, how much is it worth? And it is a great predictor on who can do what. And if you're good at predicting who's going to get the work, which if you're listening to Brodo, you're probably probably are pretty good at that. Then you could pretty much predict what they're going to do based on what they have done and what they do against people like that. Ryan Tannehill has been at the top of this list forever. And this was, and you know, no one was talking about Ryan Tannehill except us. That is something that 100% is true. No one else has Ryan Tannehill in their top 12 quarterbacks. I think consensus, he's like nine for us. So it's like Ryan Tannehill is in our good graces, and we've been talking about him. This is the game why the Ryan Tannehill haters, anti-truthers, why they didn't want him. The game where Derrick Henry was supposed to go off and they were facing a bad run defense. The game where A.J. Brown was hurt, right? The game where Ryan Tannehill looked like it was going to be low volume. This is the game that you wanted to get to sit him. Instead, he goes out and lights up the entire world as he's been doing for the last four, two years at least. And you would have known that if you are looking at true throw values. And it just, I want to scream it from the rooftop like, hey, everyone, Ryan Tannehill. He only had 24 attempts. What did he do with those 24 attempts? 239 yards and four touchdowns. It doesn't matter that he has 24 attempts because he's so incredibly efficient even without A.J. Brown. And he's been this way. And when he does get the attempts, you're going to love it. And when he doesn't, he still has such a high floor. And I think that's why we've been advocating Ryan Tannehill. And it was nice to see it happen. Just saying. Word up. Everything you just said, word up. Yeah, so I had to, you know, I had to just like... Flex on him. Flex for a second. I'm sorry. This is the little flexing part uh, of the show. Michael, you're done, right? I am done. All right. So before we get into the non-flexing part of the show, the surprise, surprise, we want to thank Manscaped. Uh, This show is brought to you by Manscaped, the number one uh, and most comfortable male hair hair trimmer there is. Um, We've been telling you guys about this Lawnmower 3.0 and why to get it, but they have so much more stuff. It's kind of insane, including the boxers, which I went hiking in on Saturday, and I am a chafer. I have thunder thighs. I did not chafe at all. They're anti-chafing boxers, and I swear to you, like, I'm not even selling this product. If you were my boy, I'd be like, yo, I got these Manscaped boxers, and you should get them because they're good because I don't chafe with them, and I'm a chafer. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. I wore them. Earlier today, I was wearing them before, while I worked out with them on, and I was like, these are incredible. But boom, but they're, they're legit, like top, top-notch boxers. You know, <laughs> they, they got the lawnmower 3.0. They got, it's got the whisper technology, the, uh, an insane uh, engine within that thing. It, gets you, it, gives, it comes with a clip so you can go long or short, depending on what your lady or your man likes, right? So, a brush to clean it. A brush to clean it, and then they give you brush. wax to keep it fresh. They give you this this scented stuff that's like that's like super subtle, but like you know it you know it, it can get smelly down there. Let's be honest, guys. Especially if you're playing like if you if you're working out or you're playing sports or something. Best part is Brodo B R O T O. Use that code and you can get twenty percent off plus free shipping. And I really recommend it not only because it would help us out obviously, but it was also help you out right because if you get Manscaped and you get these items, if you just want new boxers. Go get yourself some new boxers, man. Use a 20% off code. Get 
premium premium boxers for the price of you'll get like at the outlet the six dollar pack or something for with this code so you know just do it also we like to thank you we like to thank our other sponsor uh party belts party belts you can get custom belts at an affordable price if you don't believe us, go to Etsy where they are one of the top sellers and have five-star ratings out the wazoo. This thing is portable. This thing is one size fits all. It's it's uh it is uh it's light. It has a nice big front so you can really see it. It carries two beers tightly. You can customize it. I mean, Michael, we got it for our, our Brodo leagues because we love them so much. We did. Uh the patron league champions are each gonna get a belt. The Dynasty League champions are gonna get a belt. We showed it to the patrons. They were like, yo, this is super dope. And the best part about it is the fact that it's $35, and it's ridiculously cool, super well-made. Like, it's a no-brainer for anyone looking for a, a championship belt. And, I mean, a little peek behind the curtain, like, is this is not like a business partnership in the, in the, in a, in a, like a, re- a regular sense because we actually went looking for belts and found these belts, liked them, purchased them, Jason and, and the guy got in contact somehow. We're like, oh, yeah, we have a fantasy football podcast. He likes the podcast, and all of a sudden, we're the official belts because we, we just mess with each other because we fuck with each other's products. So it's like it's very organic. That's how, that's how it happened. So use our promo code, B-R-O-T-O, 15% off, bada boom, bada bing, organically having the best bling out here. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Michael? Word up. No, All right. it's Michael's favorite it's phrase is "word up today." I'm about it. It's it's an incredible it's an incredible value and a great product. <laughs> I agree. You gotta gotta go get it. All right, so uh, let's find out. That surprised us. Um, the that business relationship popping up and it ended up being good. Let's figure out what in fantasy surprised us. Surprise, motherfucker! All right, so Michael, your first surprise, which is by the way a player that we did not expect to go off or do bad and did. Yeah, my first surprise is someone uh, I do not like the fact that he's here. But, you know, you got to take L sometimes. Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki went in yesterday against New England. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 130 yards, and a reception touchdown. And he was in the slot almost 80% of snaps. So guess what? Mike Kosicki is their slot receiver. I saw there was a very well written article that I saw over the offseason that I do I do not remember about how slot receivers basically their talent level does not matter like if he's a slot receiver and he gets work then it doesn't really matter how talented he is and Mike Kosicki the dude has shown that he's not that talented of a player ah, in the, at the NFL you're hating he made a great catch you're I'm hating. not hating you're hating right now he was absolutely- listen he's had one good game relax He's been absolute buns every single other game of his career. Right, so relax. He's young. But I, I didn't, and I didn't hate Kasiki as much as you guys did, but you guys hated him. And it was a game where they had to just pass nonstop over and over. So I'm not taking the L on Kasiki. I'm just saying for this week, Kasiki way outperformed what I expected, and he is someone that you should probably consider if he's going to be playing in the slot all the time. But we're also still talking about a team that was going up against Tredavious White and company. Devontae Parker was a little banged up. So, look, I missed on Gasicki this week. Doesn't mean Gasicki's going to be a star the rest of the year. Relax yourself, Tim. Pissing me off a little bit now. <laughs> Michael, I love pissing you off a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It makes me very happy. Um, look, I missed on some guys too. 
I thought Derrick Henry was going to go in and feast today. Um, 25 rushes for Derrick Henry against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that is completely decimated after this offseason. And only 84 yards. No catches on two targets. Derrick Henry was a guy that I thought was going to like I, Jason, I you know I've been listening. To, I've been listening. Jason loves saying the word "eat" now. That's like his new favorite thing. Like he's going to eat. So now I have "eat" in my head. But I thought he was going to eat. Thought he was going to feast. Yeah, I was. I was surprised by the lack of fantasy put f- fantasy output from Henry this week. And I was playing against Henry, so I was I was like happy and sad at the same time that like my prediction is going wrong. But at least I'm winning from it. But. Ah, I don't know, 84 yards on 25 rushes, no touchdowns yet on the season, averaging about three and a half yards per carry right now. Uh, this is not the Derrick Henry that you were hoping to see when you drafted him high over a bunch of guys that look like great draft picks like Miles Sanders and um, maybe even Dalvin Cook and you know maybe even Alvin Kamara and maybe um, Josh Jacobs and guys like that. So um, definitely someone that disappointed. Michael, who's your second? Uh, who's your second? Uh, surprise, surprise. My second surprise, surprise is Julian Edelman. That that Look, one, I will say that I'm taking the L on that one too. Julian Edelman had one catch for eight yards at halftime. Ended with eight receptions and 179 yards. If you would have told me Julian Edelman would set his career high in yards <laughs> this year with Cam Newton... I would have legitimately bet you I would have legitimately given you like a hundred to one odds on that. But that's just how the game ended up turning out. Julian Edelman was a stud this week. He's still someone I am not I'm still gonna say temper expectations rest of season. Like this was someone I really did not like at all coming into the season. And when it was close in the first half, he had one catch for eight yards. It was really when they got into desperation mode and started passing nonstop that Edelman got super involved. And he's still not playing on uh, on two wide receiver stats, sets. That's still Nikhil Harry and Demir Bird. But for this week, at least, Julian Edelman really uh, really proved me wrong. He he had a very, very good game. Um, another guy that proved me wrong was I thought that Joshua Kelly, man, was going to be a guy that was annoying for Eckler, for guys who rostered Eckler, would like – be like, oh, okay, well, he's he's getting work too, but you know, Eckler's e- like is, is the guy. Um, twenty three rushes, twenty three rushes. Yeah, pretty absurd, man. He's top five in the league in rush attempts through two weeks, and yo, and three like, targets, sixty four yards on twenty three attempts. Like. That's not even close to being productive. And meanwhile, Eckler had 93 yards on 16 attempts. Yeah, and the pass catching work is super frustrating too. Like, I have no idea how the Chargers think it's okay not to give Austin Eckler like a Christian McCaffrey type role in that offense. I think they're, it's just mind boggling. I me. think they're afraid of him getting hurt because Austin Eckler, you remember a couple years ago, had Dude, injury Austin issues. Never had to deal with injuries, really. Ah. He had injury issues early in his career. He had he had the injury issues early in his career. I mean, either way, it was not really little... though. <laughs> now that yeah. I look back at it, like it, he hasn't. I I just think they they're afraid he's gonna get injured. Like I can't explain it to you. I can't explain why they give the much. Oh man, he's a stud, and he just keeps performing as a stud. 
But I will say, I'm not down. I'm I'm a little down on Austin Eckler because I didn't think he was gonna. I thought he was gonna get more work. But I mean, Eckler had a great game. 16 for 93, and he then did. four catches for 55. He didn't, if he if he adds a touchdown, he's amazing. But pretty. And good. the receptions are the receptions are. That's what concerns me if Tyrod Taylor comes back. So we'll see. Um, but I want to talk about Joshua Kelly in this segment because it is clear that the Chargers are dead set, hell bent on giving a inefficient running back as much work as possible as long as his name is not Austin Eckler. And if Joshua Kelly is going to be that guy, then go get yourself some Joshua Kelly. And maybe he's Melvin Gordon. And like that that's the role he's playing right now. So yeah, he's probably not as good as Melvin Gordon, prime Melvin Gordon, but he's averaging about the same amount of Yards per carry as Melvin Gordon did in his career now. So, like, Josh Kelly, pick him up. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. That's all I, mean, I say yeah. about that. He surprised me. I, th- whoever, I, I never whoever even thought took of a it. Shot on him, whoever took a shot on him late in drafts, definitely being rewarded early on in the season, especially now with all the injuries piling up as well. He almost made my stock rising. Uh, he didn't because I had other guys that stocks are rising. So let's talk about we talk about these injuries. Let's talk about some uh, – some stocks rising up. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. So I'm at home. Um, if you guys can't tell, a little peek behind the curtain. And Michael is, is at his girlfriend's house right now. Um, because he's staying there for a little bit, and we're communicating through the computer. And that means I have the device here, and I have the power of these drops. And But it's, so at my home computer. it's at my home computer where I made the drops. So I have other versions of the drops as well. Yo, I have a version of that drop that's like 42 seconds. <laughs> Thank God we don't use that one, because that one's already yeah. mad long. Thanks. <laughs> anyway Jeez Louise Michael Jeez Louise Who's your first stock up dude? The first stock up is Leonard Fournette After playing just nine snaps against the Saints And everyone's saying They were Bruce Arians was right This is Rojo's backfield Despite the fact that Fournette signed like five days earlier Leonard Fournette came in this week Rushed 12 times for 103 yards Had two touchdowns Four catches for 13 yards Operated basically the entire fourth quarter as their running back. Welcome Leonard Fournette to Tom Brady running back heaven. This is great for Leonard Fournette, man. Like, if he did actually take the job from Rojo, like, I'm very interested to see in Denver if this is just straight up Fournette's job now and he sees, like, 70% of the carries or if Rojo still starts but then Fournette mixes in and takes, like, half the carries. I'm not 100% sold that Fournette just entirely took the job, but I'm like 95% sure this is Fournette's backfield now, and Fournette's going to lead the league, excuse me, lead the team in snaps, which is great because Tom Brady running backs are a great piece to own in fantasy. Leonard Fournette proved that last week. Carolina is a tremendous matchup, and he took advantage of it, but you got to love the fact because Leonard Fournette was not looking like a startable asset at all. Now he's looking like someone if you own, you are excited about what's to come uh yeah i, I agree um that's that's 
talk about saving the day for Fournette. People who rostered Fournette. He goes from a situation in Jacksonville where he's scarily, you know, unused. I mean, or used in, in bad situations. Like, he, we mentioned that he was one of the most inefficient backs in the league. And he could have went anywhere. And even for Leonard Fournette, like, he didn't even have to move that far. He's still in Florida. And he gets an even better deal. And we get a better deal. So I think that it, it's a win-win for everyone, and it worked out on the Leonard Fournette train. Um, yeah, I think Rojo's done. I think Rojo's done. I thought yeah. Rojo was done as soon as they signed him. Um, my I mean, first... Rojo's been done. Rojo's been done since he entered the damn league. Jeez, well, Louise. I think Rojo could have maybe had a good year this year, but we'll never know now. That's for sure. They they didn't think so. Um, my stock rising. My first guy, Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen. When but back in when. They were coming out, the big four, right? Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I, you know, the Jets had a high pick for the first time ever. We were going to get a quarterback, so I got into it. Sam Darnold, everyone said Sam Darnold's going to the Browns. So um, I was took everyone else's word for it. Sam Darnold is good. I've since looked into Sam Darnold, and I also think he's good just for the record. Um, Baker Mayfield didn't really tickle my fancy. The Twins are all over Baker Mayfield. Josh Rosen, eh, whatever. Josh Allen caught my eye. And the reason why he caught my eyes is because he played behind the worst offensive line ever. And he was running for his life, and he was making these ridiculous throws with this ridiculous arm. And, yeah, he wasn't technically sound, but the dude was gifted. I, what I said was, if you surround this guy with some talent, he's going to thrive. And here we are, the Bills, unlike what the Jets have been able to do in the same division, have surrounded this man with a good offensive line, with a good pair of running backs, and great outside receivers that continue, even Cole, the bee's knees, Beasley, continues to make these high-intensity, high-degree-of-difficulty catches. And Josh Allen has taken his career 57.7 completion percentage, and he's up to 70% now. And you see him sling this ball around the field against a pretty good Miami secondary 417 yards, four touchdowns, 147 passer rating. Only four rushes for 18 yards, still put up an amazing game. You expect the rushing stuff to go up too, but he was just passing like such a G, like he didn't even have to run. And you see the progression, and this is, you know, I get killed all the time on Twitter because I said Mitch Trubisky is going to be a great player. and blah, blah, blah. This is what, if Mitch Trubisky made this, type of accuracy advancement the same way Josh Allen did. Imagine what Trubisky would be. I think Allen is that even plus more. If he could throw and run and have that ridiculous arm, sky's the limit for the guy. So his stock's rising for me. The dude is absolutely balling out. As someone who wasn't the Josh Allen fan, even coming into this season because of his pass passing ability, I just didn't think it was really there yet. Man, the dude is absolutely balling to start the season. And the Bills look like they are legit. Uh, Michael. My second stock rising. Just spoke about Leonard Fournette. I'm going back to Jacksonville. James Robinson. This guy is just a workhorse. A UDFA who just became a workhorse from the jump. Has 35 touches through his first two weeks. This week on the ground, he looked great, man. 16 rushes, 102 yards. A beautiful 17-yard touchdown run for his first 
touchdown, three receptions, 18 yards on four targets. He now has 20, he now has 29 fantasy points in half PPR through the first two weeks. And the work is there. He's just going to continue to be fed. He's right up there in RB2 territory now. And whoever grabbed James Robinson basically for free in drafts or after in free agency, because this was prior to the season, they got themselves a nice little piece basically out of nowhere. Always pick up the way he's played. Always pick up a starting running back. You never know. Yeah, dude is dude is balling, man. Good for him as a UDFA. Speaking of picking up a starting running back, my next stock rising is I've cheated a little bit. It's the handcuffs to the workhorses. Um, Mike Davis in Carolina. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Deion Lewis, as you said, the pass catching back going up. Probably Devontae Freeman as well. Um, my favorite, though, of the whole bunch, Jarek McKinnon. Um, Jarek McKinnon the last two weeks. I have a special interest in Jarek McKinnon because Jarek was a guy that I was all in on when he first signed with the 49ers before the two injuries. So I've had my eye on Jarek McKinnon. Like, he was like my guy. Like, you know how you had Juju last year and, like, Mark Andrews is kind of like my guy this year? Like, he was my guy, my guy. So yeah. To see to see him looking the way he looked and still with the explosion, still with the quickness, still with the ability to make plays, still can catch the ball out of the backfield like that. Tevin Coleman is going to definitely miss time multiple weeks. It looks like Raheem Mostert's not going to play next week. That leaves Jeff Wilson, a guy who almost didn't make the team, to a guy that the 49ers kept despite the fact that he hurt his knee twice and missed the year twice because they believed in him that much. A guy that, by the way, I mentioned this two years ago, has the exact measurables as Devonta Freeman. And you remember what Kyle Shanahan did with Devonta Freeman. I think that we'll talk about him more on the waiver pod, but I really think his stock is rising because I think that Tevin Coleman has shown that Tevin Coleman is, he lacks in some talent and he lacks in some quickness and speed. And what he lacks, Jarek McKinnon makes up, plus he's a, a bruiser, underrated bruiser. And he can catch the ball. I think that after this whole cycle plays itself out, if Jarek McKinnon stays healthy, it's going to be the Raheem Mostert slash Jarek McKinnon show, not the Raheem Mostert slash Tevin Coleman slash Jarek McKinnon show. So I think it's going to it it'll condense itself down to those two guys for the most part. And I think that Tevin, I think mean, I think Jarek McKinnon will have value beyond just the weeks where he's the replacement injured running back. So we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but I think Jarek McKinnon has the ability to be one of your top waiver ads. Yeah, his stock is definitely up. I'm, I mean, he only had three carries this week, even after the injuries. Like, I think I don't think he's just going to step into this role. Like, they're still trying to ease him back. Jeff Wilson's going to play. Maybe Jermichael Hasty off the practice squad. Like, I don't think McKinnon's just going to be the lead dog now, but, I mean, his stock is definitely up from what it was. Don't get hasty. Don't get hasty. Get it? I won't be hasty. Don't be, hasty. be hasty. They got hasty. Uh, Michael, who's your my last final, guy? My final stock up is another starting running back who just happens to be available in a bunch of leagues, only 15% rostered in fantasy leagues, Miles Gaskin. After week one, it was kind of like, oh, Miles Gaskin played a lot, but, you know, Jordan Howard was injured and he missed some time. So who knows? It was a little odd, but, you know, grab Miles Gaskin, put him on your bench. And then this dude had 13 touches this week to eight Matt Breida, five Jordan Howard, 
And Gaskin played over 60% of the snaps. Boom, Went 7 for 46 on the ground, 6 for 36 through the air. He now has at least 8.5 fantasy points in half PPR leagues through the first two weeks. Six I for mean, if 36. this guy's going to be getting... I say that again? Sorry for cutting you off. 6 for 36. Yeah, I mean, wow. he's being... Six catches. A lot through the air. He now has 10 receptions and 11 targets through the first two weeks. Whoa. And he gets rushing work. So, I mean, Miles Gaskin is someone you should definitely be targeting as well, who's likely going to go for lesser than guys like Mike Davis, but will likely have a longer shelf life for fantasy purposes. I'm not going to lie, Michael. You just kind of swayed me a little bit because I was like, I don't want no, no part of a three-headed running back system. But knowing that he got 60% of the snaps and knowing that he caught six balls, yo. Yeah, Miles Gaskin is like the guy so far to start the season. I mean, it may, I, mean I guess they want to go with the young guy, see what they have in him. It's a little odd. They did bring in Howard and Brita, but so be it. That's that's what they're doing. Wow. All right. All right. Now you 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 could tell. Can you see me right now? You you have my mind buzzing. That's what you've done. You've <laughs> yes, buzzed. I can see you. Too. You've buzzed. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> my next stock rising. I mentioned one of the guys already. Noah Fant. I cheated on this one too. It's a tight end. It's a tight end duo. Um. Noah Fant. I mentioned already. Jeff Driscoll. Look, I have a motto: backup quarterbacks. Love tight ends. I already mentioned it, and the motto always comes into play. And now you have a you have two rookies as wide receivers plus Tim Patrick, who's I think an underrated receiver, but doesn't set the world on fire. Um, yes, you're gonna have the two running backs when Philip Lindsay comes back, but for me right now, I think Noah Fant is the number one receiver for the Denver Broncos. And not for not for nothing. Jeff Driscoll is not bad. Like he's been a decent quarterback when given the shot. Yeah, I mean he came in and produced basically like Drew Lock. Drew, it's not like Drew Lock was playing well through the first game and a half before he got hurt. Like Drew Lock looked like he wasn't, he didn't make much progress. Jeff Driscoll had some uh, had some very productive games in Detroit last year too. He's he's interesting. Okay, All right. not saying he's great, but take. I'm take. not saying. I don't know if it's as much of a downgrade as people think as it is from Drew Locke with the way Locke opened the season. Maybe it's because he's got a guy like Noah Fant to throw to. So I think Noah Fant. Mo Ali Cox is number two. Listen, Mo Ali. That's a big Mo money, Mo targets, Mo touchdowns, Mo Ali Cox. That is a big man. That is a huge human in general. Like, holy mother of geez, that's a big guy. And PFF. Graded Mo Ali Cox as the highest rated game by a tight end since Rob Gronkowski in 2017. Jeez. It was like that, huh? It was that good. Six targets, five receptions, 111 yards. 5'6", 267. Looks like an imposing figure on the field. 6'5", five. Six, five, <laughs> not 5'6", definitely not 6'5". <laughs> Quite the difference. Six, uh, not for nothing, 6'5", 267. I mean, 5'6", 267 would be also imposing in a very different way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, imposing human being played fantastic. The only person really sitting in front of him is Jack Doyle, which, I mean, he's been part of that squad, but this is another injury on Jack Doyle, another time you couldn't deal with him. Like, how long until that coaching staff says, hey, Mo Ali, we always liked you. You've been in this thing. Like, the the team thinks super highly of him. Maybe it's Mo Ali Cox time. 
Yeah, another thing that wouldn't shock me. I mean, the dude is a monster and has produced in these small samples that he's been able to produce. So, I mean, now with Campbell going down too, why not use this ginormous human being who could clearly be a big target for Phillip Rivers? Like, Phillip Rivers likes throwing balls to huge targets, and that's exactly what Mo Cox is, a ginormous target. Yeah, I was was just about to say... um, 6'5", 267. Can you think of another guy who was uh, 6'4", 260 that Phillip Rivers really liked throwing to? Um, Keenan Allen. <laughs> Antonio, <laughs> Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, man. So, I mean, it, the precedent's there, and what we've learned is that Phillip Rivers doesn't like to stray too much from his own game plan. So, um, tight end, Molly Cox. That's all I got to say about that. Stock rising. Yeah. Um, stock falling time. It's time to, for our stock falling because we are sick and sadistic and we like to end things on a sour note. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Um, yeah, so we have to do something about that drop. That one, that's super depressing. Um, but yeah, man, Mike, man, your first quit, quit complaining. I mean, I made the drop. Who's your first? Yeah, <laughs> complaining. Go, Michael, you go first. Go. Who's your first? My first stock down is Allen Robinson. Look, I was all over a Rob this offseason. I thought Nick Foles was going to be the damn QB, not Mitch Trubisky. Allen Robinson has seen 18 targets on the year. Ten of them have been deemed catchable. So almost half of his throws have just been not even in the area for him to catch it when targeted. Started the season off with great matchups against Detroit and the Giants and have and has less than 15 fantasy points combined in half PPR leagues. Look, I'm not saying Allen Robinson is a scrub now. Like I'm still gonna I still think he has certain wide receiver two potential. I just that upside wide receiver one guy who I thought Allen Robinson could be with Nick Foles at QB. I mean, the Bears are 2-0 and now as well, so it's not like they're going to make a QB change. It's just A-Rob's just going to continue to be a little inconsistent because of the uh, the quarterback play that he's dealing with here. Are you are you slandering the name of Mr. Trubisky in my presence? Yeah, Tim, after, I am. Get over st- it. After you started 2-0? Yeah, 2-0 and on two against two whack teams. Say all you want, 2-0. Still counts. Um, <laughs> Ronald Jones is my guy, and you know, I, look, we already talked there about you go, Ronald. Tim. Embrace it, embrace already, it. I and I, you know, Michael sent in his picks before I sent in mine, so I had the decision to make of whether I'm going to put Ronald Jones here. And you know, we already talked about how Leonard Fournette took over, so I don't have to mention Leonard Fournette. What I will mention is just like the human aspect of this, because this is what I wanted to mention. Tom Brady's there now, right? And Tom Brady has pride. He's a proud guy. We know that he didn't like the way Bill Belichick was talking about him in the media, and that's caused a little riff between him and Belichick. Um, what's the first thing that Bruce Arians does after last week? He says that he didn't play with enough grit and that hopefully he plays with more grit in this game, or a word similar to grit. Kind of bashed him in the media. Tom Brady has to answer questions about this all week. Tom Brady has pride. Tom Brady turns around to hand the ball off to Ronald Jones and the ball gets fumbled and there's a turnover. Think what 
if you're Bruce Arians, right? You've already probably had enough of Ronald Jones because Ronald Jones has been someone that was highly drafted by the team. You didn't draft him, um, so you inherited him, and he was supposed to be the guy, and he hasn't been the guy for you. He hasn't been able to do that for you. Um, he's had fumble issues in the past as well. Isn't this an opportunity to be like, hey, I can get on Tom Brady's good side and bench Ronald Jones and blame him for this shit and be like, yeah, Tom, it was all his fault. Plus, I get to give Fournette, I have an excuse to give Fournette the rock. Fournette ran away with that job, in my opinion. I just think because of the the in, the in politics of football, the football locker room, plus what you just see on the field, I think Ronald Jones is... Uh, I'll give it one more week, but after next week could be a droppable asset. I also think Bruce Arians just doesn't care about anyone or anything <laughs> and just does what he wants to do, also and that's that. Possible. So that's that's how I feel about Bruce Arians' decision here. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or but, he's just that guy. My second stock falling, Marvin Jones Jr., man. Look, he got you 10.5 points this week. You didn't hate it. But four for 23 in a touchdown against Green Bay when they were trailing by multiple touchdowns with Kenny Galladay out against Chicago, eight targets, four receptions, 55 yards. Not where you expecting, not what you were expecting from Marvin while while Kenny Galladay was out. You expected him to be this target hog. And like, I just don't really understand Detroit's offense at the moment because they got guys like Quintus Cephas getting a bunch of targets. Like, DeAndre Swift is getting a bunch of targets out of the backfield, which makes sense, but TJ Hawkinson only gets a 10% target share. Marvin Hall is getting targets. Like, you'd think Detroit would want to get balls into their playmakers' hands and take shots with them with, like, TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, and it just hasn't been the case. That offense that offense is an offense we thought had a chance to be really good this year, but Matt Stafford and company have just not started the year off well at all. Stafford is not looking like the Stafford he was last season. So he has some work to do as well. But Marvin Jones Jr., his stock is down, in my opinion, because now Kenny Galladay is coming back. And some may say, oh, that'll help because it'll open up more space for Marvin Jones. But, I mean, if he's already not performing that well, adding a wide receiver of Kenny Galladay's caliber, when there's already a bunch of other pass-catching options on that team, like TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift out of the backfield is getting a lot of work. It's just not something super appealing. I think he's more of a flex guy than that wide receiver three guy that you thought he was when you drafted him. And he certainly has some downside, but it would be nice to see him have one of those damn big games that he is known for. It just has not come to fruition yet. You know what else, bro? Like you talk about Matt Patricia being a Bill Belichick wannabe. Like, dude, what's the plan with getting carry on Johnson all the work in the first like series, giving him a touchdown, giving him the goal line work, and then never going back to him again. I man, What's Matt Patricia and Adam Case, the fact that this morning they woke up and still had jobs is one of the more odd things I can remember. You broke up a little bit there. He said Adam Gase and Matt Patricia should not have jobs. Yeah, um, Matt Patricia and Adam Gase. The fact that they woke up this morning and it's like, yep, you guys still have jobs is just mind-boggling to me. Look, I'm not going to make excuses. You know I'm a Jet fan. Uh, people know that, but I will say this. Chris Hogan. Braxton Berrios, Frank Gore. I don't like Adam Gase either. I don't like Adam Gase either, but that's what he's armed with. All right, let's go Wait, over. I saw, I saw real quick, I saw um, pre-snap motion per team, 
and like the top 10 were 1 and 0, the bottom 10 were 0 and 1. The Jets used pre-snap motion 3% of their snaps. Like they're just going out there lining up. He's like, "Hey, hey Darnold, throw a quick screen to Chris Hogan th- once every 3 plays." Like that often is a complete joke. I watch that game and I'm I watch the Jets and I'm just like, "Holy moly, this is atrocious football to watch." Yeah, you're right. Um I'm just I'm just saying. Um <laughs> Speaking of atrocious football, AJ Green played really bad football against Cleveland. Um, Thirteen targets for three receptions and twenty nine yards. Not for nothing, they. It was just ah, uh, it was it was kind of like odd. Like one of them, he caught but landed out of bounds. It they just like kept being like an inch apart. But yeah, definitely super inefficient. Thirteen though. 10 incompletions his way and in a game where Joe Burrow played pretty well and a game where Joe Burrow had to throw a lot. I'm just saying, like, my stock's down on AJ because if you expected him to be that seventh round, sixth round explosion type AJ Green player, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's not possible because he could definitely be, if he has a big game next week, he could be in the stock rising uh, category because, you know, he's flashed that he still's got it. But he's failed to flash that he still has that AJ Greenness about him. So far this year, and uh, it's not that he's not getting the looks. Uh, if I told you that A.J. Green in the first two weeks of the year would have 22 targets over the first two games, what would you, what would you expect? Yeah. You know I mean, the dude is 32 years old, man. The dude is 32 years old. I think people are bugging out a little bit, like, just expecting him to be A.J. Green, you know? Coming back from injury. Like, like he's a human. And also, maybe he's just getting through some rust, or maybe this is just who he is now. Time will tell, but I agree that his stock is certainly down. I don't own him in any leagues, really. I took a shot in a few best balls. That was about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, Michael, last guy. My last stock down, a running back that I have not really liked the entire offseason, and I'm about to explain why. Mr. Zach Moss. Because this dude, man, like, he, first off, I don't know what all the hype was about. I never really understood it. But people were so hyped that he scored a touchdown last week and just decided to disregard the fact that he wasn't very good. Like, he had the three receptions. He had the touchdown on what was a broken play where Josh Allen found him, like, eight seconds after the snap. But he ran nine times for 11 yards. And then last week, everyone was just assuming, oh, he's going to be the the pass-catching back, too. Singletary had seven targets week one. Three targets and two receptions week two. Zach Moss didn't even have a target week two. And Moss only ran for 36 yards on eight carries. Like 37 yards, excuse me. Meanwhile, Singletary got 10 rush attempts, 56 yards. Like he he's out-touched Moss now 26 to 20 through two games. Singletary honestly hasn't even been that great fantasy-wise either. But he's clearly the lead guy, as expected. And Moss is going to be touchdown dependent for the rest of the season. And I'm just not, I don't really, I'm not the guy who starts touchdown dependent running back options. I want the guys who are going to catch passes or be involved in the offense. I'm not going to start you hoping, unless he scores a touchdown, my team is going to suck this week. Like, I'm not about that. So Zach Moss is someone who, his stock is down for me because I'm not, I mean, I don't own him anywhere, but if I did, he's not someone I'm confidently putting in my starting lineup or my flex. Yeah, I mean, I I feel you on that, man. I completely agree. Um, I I think that there's some confirmation bias there. I think that uh, you know, that's what you're gonna get. You get, a lot of people were in on the Zach Moss train, 
and they saw him have a good week. So the Zach Moss trade rolls, even though chicka chicka choo choo. Right. Um, I'm gonna go with another rookie running back, kind of. My down, my stock down is the entire Rams backfield, cause it's clear that this is a three-headed source. Now Cam Akers did get hurt, but I think the the type of the Rams not only didn't. All right, let me start over. <laughs> we were given a big disservice not seeing any preseason games to know how these players are looking and to know what their roles are. And the Rams backfield is a prime example. You got Daryl Henderson, who was a high draft pick last year and is in his second year. But he didn't look good in his rookie year. And he was a little hurt. So people kind of just wrote him off. And he didn't have a good week one, so it was easy to write him off. In fact, I'm guilty as charged. I dropped him in a league. In our home league, which I regret now. Um, <laughs> 12 attempts. 81 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 40 yards. So how is this guy stocked down? It's because Malcolm Brown got 11 attempts for 47 yards. And Cam Akers is hurt, but he's going to come back eventually. And it just this running back trio, I feel like will work itself down to a duo eventually. But I think we just don't know who it's going to be. So I think for now, until... Daryl Henderson has a couple good games in a row or until Malcolm Brown has a couple good games in a row or until Cam Akers has a couple good games in a row, you can't trust either of them. And even if they do have a couple good games in a row, you really can't trust them fully ever. So it's just a, I don't know, a situation that I don't want to be part of. Yeah, I get it. I mean, they did say that, McVay did say after week one that it was just, it happened to be Brown because he was rolling that game and, Cam Akers was the one who started week two and got the goal line carry and then got hurt, but he's only expected to be out for like a week or so. And then Brown and Henderson basically split right down the middle. Ugh, it's a mess. Like we we said, like when bidding for Malcolm Brown, like he's gonna get work, but there's a chance that this is a mess in that backfield. And that's exactly what it's looking like. If they were all combined to do this, like Todd Gurley was in Los Angeles. That would be very nice. Like, that would be a very good fantasy asset. But if they're all just going to keep sharing the work and you have to guess each week who's it going to be, I agree that it's their stocks are all collectively down because they could get you 15, they could get you two, and you wouldn't really be surprised. Michael, that is the end of our podcast. Yes, it is. Tis the podcast ending now. It was a shitty Monday because of the injuries, but I love doing Mondays. I was like... I love going over what happened and talking about it. Lucy goosey, baby, Lucy goosey. It's Lucy goosey, but it's also intense. I like how, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason, who we didn't even mention. My bad. We're just used to Jason not being on this version of the podcast from last year, but he just had something to do. He'll be on future episodes of the podcast probably. Um, at Brodo FF Jason, see what we did there. Brodo Fantasy for all of us. Brodo Fantasy on Instagram. Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. The tweets. The BrodoFantasy.com. The tweetar. The tweetar, as they say in Russia. Tweetle tweet. Um, don't forget BrodoFantasy.com as well for all of your Brodo Fantasy needs. Use the code BROTO Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And use the code BROTO BROTO for 15% off for partybelts.com.
com. That's really it. That's all I've got. What up? Um, we will see you tomorrow. Oh, Patreon, duh. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. If you want to help us out and, um, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. Give us a little money. We will give you a product in exchange. Ah, capitalism. And what you get is a free episode plus tons, tons more, including access to the most popping Discord chat there is in the fantasy world. Um, you can play in leagues. We are thinking about putting in some new tiers that we are very excited to uh, unveil to you guys very soon. Just working out how that's going to work out. So stay on the lookout for that. But most importantly, the waiver wire episode next week for as little as $3 a month. That's less than one coffee. Do Tomorrow, it. Tuesday. Tomorrow, Tuesday. And, then, be square. and uh, don't forget, Wednesday night into Thursday morning, we have the um, preview episodes for the week. Man, we put out a lot of content, and it's all really good. Not to, not to, you know, I'm just gonna dust my shoulders off real, real quick. Brodo Fantasy as well for some articles. We put out the sleeper articles. Um, in that sleeper article, one of my guys was Mr. Keelan Cole. So check it out. Um, yeah. Boom. Later. Later. All right. Everyone. Yo, yeah. Anthony, hit me with this trade. You ready for this? You ready for this? Are, are you ready for this? Le'Veon Bell. For? Mark Andrews. Noah Fant and Deontay Johnson. Jeez Louise. See? What an, what an absolute joke. I'm going to send them a, a, a gif that says crack is whack. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go, Tim. All right, my brother. I'll, uh, I'll upload. Later, bro. Thanks. Yeah, no See you.